And boom goes the dynamite. Welcome to a special edition of Boom Goes a Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, we're back on the road at last. Yeah, it's fucking rich. We're out here, Miami. Raging. Oh my God! What? No, <laughs> you, I'm, you, I'm you, kidding. We're actually, just... <laughs> we're actually not live in Miami raging. Um, we are we are live from our new studio. Uh, we have new digs here in the wrestling estate. Uh, I, I bought it really cheap at the wrestling estate sale. Uh, the wrestling Ooh. estate has passed away, so uh, I was able to take advantage of, of a great opportunity. So now uh, we are broadcasting live um, on their graves. The views and opinions of Paul Sebastian do not necessarily reflect those of Boom Goes the Dynamite or the PWOM podcast network. Yes, but sometimes, they, but sometimes they, they, they do. They, sometimes they do, and this is definitely one of those times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I'm not going to get into the whole uh, website beef, but I am going to specifically say that the article in question that caused all this was uh, some bullshit. Yeah, we're not going to give them too, too much time or shine on our podcast, but I will say this. A very bad wrestling website uh, posted a really bad article. Um, I told them how bad it was, and they were big mad babies about it. And then they uh, plugged our podcast to their 10,000 followers. So, hey, new listeners, if you're coming over from the wrestling estate, hi. Nice to have you. Welcome. It's great to hear uh, to have you here listening to us. Um, I'm guessing you you probably don't exist because that uh, they have 10,000 followers and just no interaction whatsoever uh no one reads that shit no one watches that their website or their fucking twitter or anything so uh i mean if you if you did hear about this podcast through the wrestling estate i'm just surprised that you exist and you know welcome i'm glad you're listening the views and opinions of paul sebastian do not necessarily like those of boom goes and dynamite or the pwom podcast network yeah i mean they kind of do Sometimes, you know, they, 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 they kind of skirt each other sometimes, I, you know. I am correct in in this instance. Um, I think everyone agrees that I am correct. Uh, they, they are bad, and I am a uh, fearless warrior for truth and justice. Well, you know, I, I, again, I'm just going to reiterate my point, which is I, I have nothing to say about their website as a whole, but that article was some bullshit, and I actually read the article first, so I can make my I, I can make my I, judgment. And I do they, have something to they, say about the website as a whole, Jeff. They, it's a big, hot pile of dog shit, and they can suck my dick from the bizzack. Uh, shout out to Dion Wells, if you're out there somewhere listening. Um, 
So no, the uh, I mean the the and they asked for criticism. I gave them criticism, and funny how I never got any uh, re- re- response back. I did not offer them criticism, and I will tell them uh, on this podcast what I told them on Twitter. If you want my notes, you can fucking pay me for them. Yeah, there you go. Like they don't pay their writers for their bad articles. Well, you know, we we we, we like they definitely don't pay for editors. They definitely don't pay their writers. But if you want my services, you can come with the checks. Yeah, um, we, the only we, thing I do for free is this podcast, and it's because you're so cute, Jeff. Well, you know, <laughs> I I try. Um, the only thing I can say is, yeah, we we, we do definitely like uh, wrestling websites that pay their writers. <clears throat> uh, yeah. And on that note, shout, shout out, out to Fanfight. Uh, <laughs> shout out Fanfight. Shout out Jeff for writing for Fanfight. Check out uh, Jeff's Great Mood article if you would like to read something that's good about wrestling. Yes, and uh, yeah. On that note. Did you watch Elevation or Dark this week? I did watch some of Elevation. It was fine. Okay, cool. No, no Dark this week. Uh, I didn't get to it. No. Okay. I am and fair enough. Ending road trip. I am uh, getting on the on the road tomorrow. I'll be t- going cross country, so I've been prepping for that. Plus, uh, I know I mentioned on the podcast last week that I had uh, sort of semi adopted this this newborn kitten, and uh, still have not slept from that. My brain is not working well paul wait till you have children that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> oh no i can't even do it with this like tiny little fuzzball man a real person nah, no thanks yeah you... <laughs> well i will leave the parenting to you you can parent your children and me on this podcast and uh we'll leave it there sometimes i do feel like i have to parent you paul it's it's uh yeah and the sad thing is you already have parents i know this for a fact <laughs> you for watching you wrestle dad you're you're the you're the sting to my darby allen wow Damn. <laughs> <laughs> and with that we go live to the james l knight center in miami florida uh ensconced within the confines of the hyatt regency miami for aew road rager uh, your hosts, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur. And we open right off with a match, uh, the South Beach Strap Match between Cody Rhodes and already in the ring, QT Marshall. So oh, you knew yeah. this was going to be quality. When Well, it's like no one cares about QT Marshall's entrance. They know that no one cares about a QT Marshall entrance. Save the time, cut it off, use it for something better, for more match time. Uh, I think that's just being efficient. I mean, I mean, it gives more time for Cody to cosplay the Homelander, so, you know. It's really not, like, okay, so I can see where people would first glance say, oh, Homelander, but when you really look at the costume, it's, like, nothing like the Homelander costume. It's much more, and I've seen this observation about the, uh, like, the big patriotic robots from uh, Bioshock Infinite, and I think that is apt. Well, I've never played Bioshock Infinite. So. Bioshock Infinite, while having a bad plot, is like a fun game to play. I think you've uh, mentioned that before on this show, but I probably. just have not really sat down and played serious video games for about oh twenty five years. So um, that being said, I you know I still have the Fist of the North Star, uh, you know Yakuza. We gotta we're gonna game. play this these new AEW games on Twitch when they come out, right? You're gonna game with me, right? I mean, I guess I have to. Oh yeah, come I mean, on. I, guess I, I mean, I guess I kind of have to. But anyway, you gotta do it. Um, yeah, th- I gotta be honest. I thought this match was boring. Um, 
you know, it wasn't uh, like the, like a thrill ride or anything. And it was a pretty hot crowd to start the show, too. And I don't think they necessarily fully capitalized. There was a really good segment in there when, like, Cody, Cody hulked up and started no-selling the strap shots and kind of where the turn happened there. I thought that was very well executed. The thing is, despite QT Marshall being very serviceable in the ring, I don't think anyone would call QT Marshall, like, a bad wrestler, right? Like, he's not bad at doing the actual wrestling part. He's just terminally uninteresting. Right. There's just nothing there that like makes us go, why should I care? And actually somebody I'm in a, a group DM with uh, put it very astutely. Uh, it's much worse to be uninteresting in wrestling than it is to be bad. You, you know can what? be a bad wrestler in wrestling and still be interesting and be very much like way more likely to get over. You, you know, I, I have heard similar things. It, it's much more. It, it's worse to be boring than to be awful. You know, it's far it, it's, worse. I mean, yeah. and that's like, you know, proven time and time over. A ton of people who are bad at wrestling have been very popular within wrestling. Right. Well, I mean, and shout out to the Pet Shop Boys, of course. One of their best songs was Being Boring. Great track. You should listen to it if you haven't. Anyway, uh, the lights go out during this match, and we don't know why, but uh, they, they, they try to blame it on weather. I, I, of course, looked it up. Uh, yeah, Miami was, you know, sunny. And, and no, they're on, uh, there's, a, there's a hurricane making landfall up there in within the next. Oh, I, think in, really? I, think for, I think a little further north, but yeah, there's a hurricane over there in the Gulf. Oh, sure. So, uh, yeah, it, they, and yeah, I did think something was happening there. Uh, put a pin in this little power flicker. Oh yes, yes. Later in the night, we'll I, put a pin in that. I, I, I um, was going for that, but yes. And since you know the, this match wasn't super well received, I didn't think it was great. It had a couple moments. I like strap matches just as a gimmick. Um, I think Cody should now rightfully uh, face the strap match king Savio Vega if he really thinks he's good at strap <laughs> matches. Whatever happened to he, Savio I Vega? Mean, also, this obviously not a real South Beach strap match because um, we all know what a South Beach what a South Beach strap would really look like. Oh yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Cody Rhodes, of course, does get the win because I mean, you, you don't actually think they're gonna have QT Marshall win this match. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> I mean, for, for for fuck's sake. Speaking of people who really shouldn't be on TV, we go to a promo of Sean Spears that ends uh, rather abruptly when Sammy Guevara just eats a fucking chair at him. So this goes back to the first thing you said. The, if Sean Spears wasn't on TV, he wouldn't be around to get chairs thrown at his face. <laughs> that, I mean... And then, what? you know, where would be our fun, Jeff? I mean, there is that. You, so, you have a point. And it, it was a great shot. It was framed really well. And that chair just coming flying in and uh, hitting Sean in the head was, was really satisfying. Good it, stuff. It, it was. It was. Uh, we then go to an in-ring segment with uh, Tony Schiavone, your AEW world champion, your Impact world champion, your uh, mega campeon uh, and executive vice president, Kenny Omega, with Don the Jackal Callis. And uh, the the You Got Fire chant was was excellent. And yeah, also so I, great I continuity. This, I think you've been keeping up on Impact. I really haven't. I didn't realize that Callis got uh, kayfabe fired uh, from Impact a couple weeks ago, apparently. Uh, he didn't just get kayfabe fired. He is no longer in his vice president role. For sure. Are you sure that's not a work? Uh, I am positive because, yeah, it was actually announced before that before that angle aired. 
that oh, okay. that yeah he he left yeah he is no longer in that role which is okay. odd considering he was the one him and Scott De, uh, Demore I think is his name yeah Scott were the Demore, one, yeah. yeah they they were the ones who kind of negotiated the the, the 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 mending of the bridges between Impact and uh, and New Japan yeah they were also uh, big players in the Anthem deal and getting Anthem Sports up to speed when they took over Impact Wrestling. Uh, they were actually uh, uh, brokered into the, that gig by Chris Jericho. Right. So, yeah. So the, uh, but yeah, he uh, on screen, yes, he did get fired. But, uh, but I mean, for whatever reason, yeah, he is no longer in that in that vice presidential role at Impact. So. All right. Well, I guess uh, seeing more Kenny on uh, Wednesdays or that, Callis on Wednesdays. Yeah, that's right. Kind of what I'm thinking is that Correction. there's going to be a, there's going to be a move to uh, there's going to be a move. Uh, I guess a, yeah, a, a he's contract. probably going to have some sort of on screen contract here with AEW. Yeah, there's going to short be, order. Yeah, there's going to be a, a contract being signed here soon. Ah, uh, he's earned it, man. I mean, he's he's really fulfilled his role here. We talked about it right from the beginning of the run. What do we get from the Impact Partnership? AEW has extracted exactly what they were looking for. Don Callis and the Good Brothers. Um, of course, Don Callis tries to repeat the whole, uh, you know, I have no, you know, Kenny Omega has no challengers promo, which, of course, brings. Well, right... there's this one guy. Right. Well, again, the uh, it, which brings out uh, Evil Uno and the rest of the entire damn Dark Order. Uh, sassy Evil Uno. Evil Uno. Um. You know, I guess he just needed that player one controller again. I guess they just gave him the player one controller, and he doesn't want to give it up. He's rolling. He's, he's, he's rolling been on with fire. He's, he's doing great. I mean, his his main event performances, uh, we've talked about, awesome. Uh, all of his promo work, and this was probably his uh, his best one uh, when it needed to be. Now, this is we're really starting to heat this angle up. The crowd was eating it up, uh, and he stood right up to Kenny Omega, one of the biggest stars in the world. Yeah, I mean, took a nut shot to him with a really bad joke to to lead he into it. Certainly did. Um, that brought out, of course, the Good Brothers, who proceed to beat up the entire damn Dark Order until we get Adam Page coming out to make what the a save. Shirt. What a guy! Oh wow! Wow! Yeah, that, yeah. That, this that, one was this was hot. The crowd was eating really it into it. Uh, yeah, so, uh, Something we are we've talked about on this, you know, during the, the, the pandemic, uh, uh, episodes, um, was what would happen when the crowds are back? You know, we were pretty confident that, uh, they would especially, you know, explode for Adam page. And it's really cool to see that just basically be what everyone expected. Yeah. Uh, so we are now off to the races. However, I have one bone to pick. It was, which is. Uh, Don Callis specifically mentioned Fight for the Fallen, which is in th- uh, three weeks from now. Um, but uh, this is going to be way too soon. It, 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 yeah, it, I don't it, imagine that being. That's not going to be the match, you know. It'll it has be, to. It has to be an all out. It has to. be. Yeah, all outs. All outs the time. But which, but you gotta you gotta start you know uh, you know putting the dipping your toes in. So. Maybe some sort of tag, maybe some sort of something with a stipulation, maybe a number one contender match, maybe you know something like that, or some sort of eliminator match, even eliminator. Yeah, some something of that nature wouldn't yeah. surprise me. Yeah, but, but no. starting that around Fight for the Fallen sounds about right. Um, I'm guessing we're gonna get some antics over the next two weeks of Fighter Fest as well. Yeah, th- that was just a great segment. Awesome. Yeah, really well executed by everybody. Great to see John Silver back in there. Uh, they, John Silver looked really strong. He was kind of the uh, primary aggressor against Kenny Omega during that first dust-up. 
he was John Silver getting big opportunities there, and he looked and, strong. Right, uh, and then him, you know, gets, and just, gets get some licks in. And Stu Grayson too. Let's not forget him. He got some licks in. I love Stu Grayson, man. He's one of the, I think, still one of the most underrated uh, people on the entire roster. So, uh, we then go backstage for, well, actually, it's a pre-taped interview segment uh, between Jim Ross, who uh, was not great again tonight, uh, Jim Ross, Darby Allen, and Ethan Page, and uh, you know. This was what it was, you know. It, Jim Ross on commentary, not great. But in these type of segments, I still really enjoy him. I no, still no, no. think he's really good at this kind of stuff. Actually, uh, he, no, I, I agree with that. But he just needs to not be on regular commentary. Well, this is like what, I, what, what the point I want to get to. Like, we see what he can do well. Um, I, I think, you know, if you're Tony Khan, if you're the brain trust at AEW, if you're production, you see what JR is doing well and not doing well. And you have this deep pool uh, of commentary talent. Why not just let Jim do this kind of stuff? Let him do these pre-tape interview stuff. Let him do in-ring interviews here and there. Let him call some matches on pay-per-views or on special episodes and, and not do the entire two-hour grind because it seems to uh, uh, lend itself you know, to Jim better. And Jim does better work. And while you have Jim Ross now at this stage of his life and career, why not get the best out of him, both for uh, your sake and for the sake of Jim and his legacy? Yeah, no, no, I agree. Um with that said, uh, after this interview, uh, they basically confirmed the coffin match will be next week. Yeah, uh, they did. Not the most exciting match announced this week. Stay tuned for that. Stay tuned. But uh, as mentioned, I do love a coffin match. I'm very excited for this one. Ethan Page and Darby Allen, and shown in this promo, have a very, very real tension in between each other. And those kind of things are just great uh, in these type of match formats. So I expect this to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I, and it's I, really violent. Oh, I, I do too. But yeah, for my interests, no, the, the, there's a match that's a little bit higher up on the interest level, but we'll talk about that here actually in a little bit after we discuss our second match of the evening in which an inner circle te- trio of Santana, Ortiz, and Jake Hager take on uh, Dax Harwood, Cash Wheeler, and Wardlow. Um, the inner circle team, of course, flanked by Conan, whereas, uh, of course, the, the pinnacle team has Tully Blanchard in, in their corner. Another um, great jacket, Tully. The sequin jackets, man, they're so good. Um, this was a kind of an okay match. The only, really, the only person I just really could have done without was Jake Hager, and that's usually the case. Well, I, I hate doing this, but I, you know, I, I, I come to this podcast to give you the truth and to give you, you know, my real uh, feelings, what I see, what I observe, and and how, you know, I react genuinely. Uh, to this uh, television show. That's what this podcast is. And I have to be honest, this was one of the rare times that I thought Jake Hager was used really well. And uh, probably the Hager Wardlow stuff was the best part of this match. They've, and this obviously speaks to, to what Wardlow's doing. This has been the only time I've really found Jake Hager interesting probably ever. And that includes his pri- previous career as a guy named Jack Swagger. Uh, this this feud with Warlow is working. They have really good chemistry, man. I, I just have to admit it. I got I got to hand it to them. They have really good in ring chemistry, and Warlow's getting the best out of Hager. And I, and I like a Haas fight, and that's what they do. But at the same time, my 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 ending note on this match, after which uh, Warlow actually pins Hager after some uh, some fuckery. Um, my uh, my only note on that was, ha ha, fuck you, Hager. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, it's look, We the opinion of this podcast is always fuck Jake Hager, but 
I think, you know, as a wrestling fan, as a person who likes watching wrestling that entertains me, Wardlow and Jake Hager fighting each other does entertain me. It, it does. It, I mean, you know, it, it was entertaining, but you know what? Ha ha, fuck you, Hager. You know, yeah, that's, all, Hager. that's all I got to say. Uh, the Pinnacle wins that match to continue this, uh, this struggle. Uh, we then get uh, a massive curveball I did not see coming, and I am very happy at this. Uh, next week at night one of Fighter Fest, we have an IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship match between the champion John Moxley versus Machine Gun Carl Anderson. Yeah, this is going to be a fun little uh, a little diversion. I like when the IWGP US title gets defended on Dynamite. I think that's really cool. Um, I think it's a really nice little welcome back for Mox. He gets to just come right in, uh, have a really good match, uh, get acclimated again, and then we can dip him back into storyline stuff. But uh, this is a, a, a nice uh, reintroduction after his uh, little paternity leave. Uh, I, I I saw something. You know what? What with Good Brothers, uh, gonna they're gonna be on. Um on strong quite a bit coming up. And of course there is also uh, NJPW resurgence happening in August in LA. Yeah, it sounds like they're going to be spending a little more time in new Japan this summer. Yeah. Which is really kind of what the whole thing was with the impact deal is that, you know, Anderson really wanted to go back to new Japan. The forbidden uh, door can take you many places, but um, yeah. So this will be, I think, I can't remember the last time Machine Gun Carl Anderson had a singles match. Uh, I, I feel like it was more recent than we think, but I couldn't put my finger on it. Yeah, but I if mean... If you know when Carl Anderson's last singles match was, uh, you can hit us up at BGTD Podcast. It could have been in WWE. Yeah, it could have been, which but means I, sure. I never I'm would have seen sure. it. So, But yeah. I mean, the, the, the point... Yeah, I, I just wonder if we're going to get like... Uh, well, wait. Last time we didn't get we didn't get a New Japan referee last time, so never mind. No, no, no. no I'm guessing it'll probably be Rick Knox or something. But it will hopefully be contested under New Japan jurisdiction, which means we will get twenty counts. So they did that last time. So yes, I would did. assume so. And uh, yeah, so hopefully, and Mox will hopefully have you know some seconds with him this time. Yeah, I'm very excited to hear the uh, the Fighter Fest crowd welcome Mox back. That's going to be a tremendous pop. Uh, on that note, did you see who returned uh, on Sunday? Making, to Japan? Uh, not Japan, oh. but in Revolution Pro. Oh, no. Mm -mm. Uh, that would be one Shooter Umino. Oh, yeah, that's right. Shooter did come back. Yeah, he, uh, he's he got new gear, but still holding... The new gear is cool, too. Yeah, it, it is really cool. Uh, if you look up uh, Jude Kilgore on Twitter, he posted... Uh, pics of it where you know, you know, flat pics of it so you can get you know, close up of yeah, it, but also, gear. but also, you know, he, he's still where he comes to the ring wearing this Tanahashi like gear, but also holding a Death Riders, the Death Riders jacket. <laughs> Hell yeah! Well, he's got the Death Rider uh knee pad on, on the gear, yes, he does. And the other one says shooter, it's good stuff, man. You know, I, I tell you, excited it, to see shooter. Uh, I'm sure we'll be seeing shooter on a Wednesday in the I would say not too distant future. I hope so, because I, my I, God, you know, not like, you know, in a matter of weeks, but probably with by the end of the year or sometime next year, I would I would say we see Shooter again. I mean, he's going to be at Resurgence and uh, and, and the strong tapings. The, yeah, I mean, the, well, whenever we can get Moxley back in New Japan, I would assume they, they put those two back together for a, for something. I mean, why could Shooter come over to AEW for a minute? Oh, that's what, yeah, we could do either one. 
Yeah, I mean, I, it's going to happen. It has to. Yeah, at this point. for sure. I think Shooter impresses a lot of people, and uh, I think there's ma- and it seems like Tony Khan's really like to book some of those like dark and dark elevation matches and kind of showcase talent on those. I would expect to see a guy like Shooter on elevation at some point. Oh, Shooter's gonna get no, no, no. Shooter's gonna get a, a spot on Dynamite in a tag match. With I would Mox. love to have to see Mox and Shooter tag sometime on uh, uh, Dynamite, but hey, we'll see. Hey, uh, we then get a uh, the 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 showdown segment between uh, MJF and Chris Jericho, and holy shit, a fan tries to jump in. Yeah, pretty quick one. Uh, looks like he was taken care of in, in short order, but uh, hey, he yeah, tried it. I mean, he, he, MJF and and Jericho both, you know, whipping at him. So. Uh, you know, and, and fair enough because yeah, guys, don't try to jump the rail. <laughs> just don't do it. You don't yeah, don't do it. Just don't. Or do it. you know what? Actually, I take that back. Do it. It's it's funny for me. Uh, it, it makes me laugh. So yeah, go ahead. Um. That being said, I, I know you 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 don't you don't agree with me on this, and despite you know trying to uh, couch it in you know so, you know Greek mythology and. And uh, the uh, and, and the labors of Hercules. This really is just the Cody Rhodes feud again. I don't see it. I just don't. I, see oh, it. I, total, I, I totally. I totally do. To okay. I well, just don't see it. That's fine. I do, but you know what? The opinions of Paul Sebastian do not necessarily. But like, what, those why? Come on, man. We we we, we gotta go. Sorry, I dropped my mic. I mean, you continue to keep saying it. This is an opinion that you hold. So, yes, I'm going to ask you to explain your opinion to okay, me. Okay, um, because we're repeating, you know, the uh, the, the stipulations that, you know, the, the, the hoops that Cody Rhodes had to jump through in order to get how? his match at. What do you mean, how? You, you, have to do, you have to do these things or else you don't get to wrestle me. The, uh, that's like a thing that's done all the time, though. Okay. But with it's the like, same that's, guy, I mean, isn't that the, the, is that not like what like the, Penta and Kingston had to like win a match to like get their match? Yeah, but the same guys. And it, it was a street fight match with a stipulation. But 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 the same guy doing the same shtick to everybody. But it wasn't the same shtick to everybody though. Like it's not. Well, though, yeah, like. because this is only like his. You know, it, this is only like his third major feud. But you know. um you know, even in Moxley, you know, he had, you know, he forced Moxley to sign a, you know, sign a contract in order for the match to happen. You know, but like, no, this, I mean, this Jericho yeah. stuff, from what I, what my read on, like, what's going on here is like, he has to like perform five specific things that MJF sets out for him. I don't think they're matches or stipulations is, or matches with him. That doesn't which, appear to be what it which is. is exactly what. Which is exactly what uh, Cody Rhodes had to do. And Did were... I just memory hole this Cody Rhodes feud? I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, uh, getting whipped by a belt. Does that ring a bell? Well, yeah, but that was like specifically like in retaliation for an, uh, an event that happened prior. Like, no, that was it like wasn't. the fallout from a, from a different thing. No, it wasn't. What are you talking about? Uh, Paul, like he... are, are you on the Delta 8s again? Because... <laughs> like... I mean, I, I know you said you you've gotten no sleep lately, so I, I, I'll, I'll give you a break here. But like, you you really don't remember this? No. Wow. No, I don't. Okay. No, I feel like I'm ruining the podcast right now because I don't know what the <laughs> fuck you're talking about. All right, you know what? Let's move on to something we can agree we we can agree on, which is uh, Jericho created a word tonight. I- 
which word? With last. Oh, with last. Yeah, I mean, yeah. someone. I, I saw someone say uh, Jericho was shaking, and I think that's just Jericho had the shakes. Yeah, tonight. it's just the DTs, but yeah. Uh, but also, he finished strong. Jericho finished real strong. He, he did, but I mean, I, I think he meant withstand, but yeah, he, yeah, he, he, he said with last, which, who boy. If you I mean, I bet you you couldn't with last his five tasks plus his <laughs> tasks or whatever amount of tasks. You're the one that seems to hate tasks. Yes, I I am anti-tasks. I, I I would not be the taskmaster in, so in Marvel say, so Comics. You a big of Kevin Sullivan, huh? <laughs> Jeff's next piece for fan fight is just like a, a brutal takedown of the Dungeon of Doom and how doing tasks for a taskmaster is the worst thing that ever happened to pro wrestling. <laughs> Actually, I like the taskmaster in Marvel. Look, Jeff. Right? Look, Jeff. I, I understand where you see these things are related, but you know, just because. <laughs> Just because the, that you have to answer three riddles to get under every bridge doesn't mean that all the trolls are related. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's because they're the same troll because it's all the same bridge. How do you know it's the, what if it's a different bridge? You go to like you go to one bridge, then you go to another bridge. It's not always the same troll. They're completely different trolls, but they all have different rules and protocols that they have to follow. You got to answer the riddles, Jeff. No, it's it's like a TARDIS. It's just it, it exists in all spaces at once. Oh. Oh, okay, please move on, because you're going to make my very, very fried brain explode. <laughs> that was the whole point, Paul, was to make your brain explode. Yeah. Uh, speaking of things that make your brain explode, uh, we then get a segment with Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Rebel, and Tony Schiavone, and Jesus Christ, it was shoot week from Britt Baker this week. Britt had some stuff to say. That's Saudi Arabia quip. Well... Holy shit. Brit, hey, look, Brit knows where her star is and where her status is right now. And she knows how to make her profile bigger. She has found her voice and she has found her character. And uh, she said, I'm going to be the one to do this. And <laughs> it rocks. Wow. Good for her. That was, I, I was amazed. I was absolutely amazed. That was, whoo, boy. Yeah. Whoo, boy. On that note, our third match of the evening, Matt Seidel versus Andrade El Idolo in his in-ring debut, and oh my god, La Sombra circa 2014 CMLL was back with that. Yeah, the, with that the black mask. mask gimmick is so cool. And and the uh, do you, do you have you ever seen at least the pick, or did you ever see the match where actually all three? Ingobernables, uh, along Russian La Mascara, also wore that to the ring. Have not. Oh my God! One of my favorite picks in wrestling. Okay. Was that? Yeah. The, I mean, it's the, great. It's 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 great gear. He looks awesome. And uh, when the when the shirt came off, uh, very apparent that he's been staying in shape during his brief downtime. Holy oh, shit! Andrade's jacked, buddy. Woo. Yeah, the well, AEW strength and conditioning program continues to be uh, phenomenal. Like they're just getting people huge. Is strength and I'm starting to wonder if strength and conditioning program is uh, is code for we don't have a wellness policy. Uh they don't look people that look gassed though. Like people aren't looking gassed. Like everyone's just looking like they work out a lot. And like you're not seeing people with like outrageous ungodly muscles that shouldn't exist. Like short of Brian Cage. And yeah, like we I all mean, know, Brian Cage has been juiced to the gills for you know whatever. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
look at it. Yeah, but like, no, yeah like, you don't, guys, you don't like, get to look like Brian Cage without like, being on like the gas. A lot gas. of people who's transfer like like made a lot of big physical transformations were people like I think MJF. Cody Rhodes got a lot bigger and stronger. Uh, Statlander has shown a lot of uh, 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 improvement physically. Uh, now Andrade, although he hasn't been there long, definitely getting in great shape. Uh, they don't, you know, the people that are getting like bigger and stronger in AEW, I don't think they look gassed. They just look like they're working out a ton. Uh, what did you think of the match? Maybe getting some delicious grilled grouper out there in Florida. Mm. <laughs> I've never had grouper. I'm not a big fish person, oh, so I I, oh, I, 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 I I still can't get past what I I ha, I can't get past breaded white fish. That's like the only thing I will eat. The only yeah, fish I will like eat. The, uh, that's the vanilla ice cream of fish. I I, I understand, but I just can't. <laughs> I just I, it's a texture thing with me. I, I feel you. The text is very important. It's. I mean, I can't. I, I can't do raw oysters. If this is going to turn into a food podcast, I'm not a raw oyster guy. A cooked oyster though, like that. Um, this match. Was good. Uh, Matt's, we talked about Matt Seidel being a really good opponent, like for first opponent for Andrade, and definitely uh, showed that here. It was a really cool clash of styles. Seidel looked really good. You know, you always say, like, look out for a engaged and bought-in Matt Seidel, and he looked every bit of it in this Oh, match. yeah. No, 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 no. Like I said, a, a, a motivated Matt Seidel is a beautiful thing to behold. Oh, yeah, and behold it, we did. No, he looked great. Andrade looked great. Uh, I'm really excited for his run. Very interesting to see how this one finished. Yeah, um, I, I'm glad to see that he's still using the uh, the Rosalados, and I was kind of uh, I was kind of afraid that we weren't going to see that after Seidel did Meteora, too. So. What do you think of Andrade uh, healing off right off the bat here? I mean, it, it works. Okay, that's what. Well, that's that's the thing is. Do you think it's going to be tough for the AEW crowd to buy it because they want to cheer him so badly? I mean, I think this is the. the I, I I guess that right there is obvious why you paired him with Vicky Guerrero, right? Right. But at because the same, Vicky can make anybody boo. But at the same time, that actually goes to the whole point of Los Ingobernables, though. Because Los Ingobernables, for for those who don't realize what the actual roots of that were, it, the the roots were is that all three of them were were technicals, you know, the the baby faces who got rejected yeah. for one reason or another. La Sombra was possibly the most unfairly, uh, most unfairly rejected because he was caught on the other side of a volador face turn. I mean, co coincidentally, you know, stuff like that uh, shapes your character, like, you know, for years to come in his career, right? Uh, oh, yeah. So that's why they came to... If not for that arc, you know, where would he be now? It's really interesting to see that kind of stuff. Right. Well, and, and you know, the fact that CMLL is trying to make that happen again is just like, nah, man, you just can't do it. And, you know, and the fact that Naito had a coincidental a coincidental uh, career trajectory along with two of his best friends in Mexico... It, it just it, it was just a, a perfect storm that will never happen again. And well, it's never said it, this is wrestling, Jeff, and this is a wrestling podcast. You know as well as I do that you never say never. Okay, okay, they'll try to make it happen again, but it just won't be as natural. It's like you know, it's every Jeff, Jeff, never say never. Yeah, uh -huh. don't do it. Uh, don't all do I know it. is is that all I know is is that CMLL are trying to make. Los Ingobernables happen again with three other guys, and I, I was uh, I was trying to watch a never open weight championship match, and they kept beeping out the word "never" because you can never say never in wrestling. You're fired. That's it. <laughs> 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 enjoy your trip because you can start it early now. <laughs> We're done now. 
Uh, Andrade gets the win. Uh, good debut. Not great debut, but good debut. It was. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's what's expected. They're bringing him along slowly, which is the right thing to do because they don't really have a place for him at the top of the card just yet. So let's have him uh, uh, kind of get acclimated, have some good matches, establish his character a little bit, and uh, and we'll get him uh, uh, move forward to the next thing when the opportunity presents itself. Yeah, well, maybe as we get closer to Triple Mania, which is allegedly still happening in mid-August. So. Allegedly. allegedly. And I'm not going to say it's never going to happen because... I mean, they postponed it twice last year. So. No, because you never say never. Uh, one thing that has definitely never not happened, which is a, a matches between Christian Cage and Matt Hardy. Despite AEW trying to make it seem like this has been 23 years in the making, it's like these two have wrestled each other constantly for 23 They've years. literally never wrestled each other since TLC. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, never. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why you could never say never! So I guess that's happening next week now, too. A singles yeah, match between that's two. fun. I'm into it. Okay. Let's go. Uh, we then get a, uh, another in-ring segment with uh, Tony Schiavone and Arn Anderson. And before we go into the meat of this segment, I just want to say that one thing I did not miss from not traveling and having to be in Jacksonville for 15 months is that the cheap heat of trying to you know praise and or bash the city that you're in. It's like, oh, Jesus. Oh, I, did. I have to disagree with you on this one, too. Cheap heat is like a like a foundational like part of, of interacting with the crowd in professional wrestling. Like you absolutely have to have it. But it's so important. It, like when you're a member of a crowd cheering or booing the place where you are is so like crucial to the experience. Like it has to be there. But it's and, such and, and, and was used multiple times to good effect on this show. But Evil Uno said that it's hot here in Miami, Florida, when he handed the jacket off. Well, so you, you know what? That was creative, though. That that was a MJF creative use just of saying, it. Uh, uh, MJF uh, uh, you know, said the people in Miami sucks in some way, shape, or form. You're supposed to do that. Like, you have to tell them that their sports teams are terrible. You have to tell them that they are worse, that uh, their women are ugly, uh, uh, that they are all jobless, and that their economy is tanking. Like, you have to do that. I mean, it's just such a low-hanging fruit. I'm We're sorry. talking about professional wrestling, Jeff. I know. I, be, it's 2021. Get creative. On a tree like three inches <laughs> off the ground. Better, professional wrestling is a shrub. Paul, better things are possible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look. I have a bunch of shrubs growing out in my yard, and they have some great berries on them. Low hanging fruit is fine, man. You get that. Sometimes the low hanging fruit has the sweetest berries. Is that actually true, though? I mean, in some, on some fruits, yes. I'm learning a lot about fruit. I'm growing some 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 berries and stuff right now. And yeah, I've this noticed is, this is now a gardening podcast. Look, some of the lower the lower berries on my blueberry trees, absolutely wonderful. Um, so the lights go out again. And, it was just technical difficulties. Jeff. And they come up, and we get suddenly in the ring is Tommy, Tommy, Tommy fucking end. You're telling me it wasn't technical difficulties? <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Mind blown. I went. I was grabbing my remote, and it started like uh, uh, bouncing around in my hands all willy-nilly, and then I slipped on a banana peel. <laughs> this is tough. This is tough stuff. 
Uh, oh, wait. No, he's not Tommy. Tommy. I went Tommy. to go run around the room, and I went to, like, run, and my hardwood floor, like, uh, curled up like a carpet behind me. <laughs> like, a, like, suddenly it's a cartoon, and your yes. living room just went around yes. in a circle. I mean, after seeing Tommy N dressed in his little getup, telling me that this wasn't a cartoon, that a man, the man, like a spooky <laughs> man in all black, just beat up a, a a a nice blonde man in all white. Okay, yeah, it was it was completely a cartoon. It was a cartoon. A, a man by named Malachi Black. Yeah, not 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 Tommy, Tommy, Tommy fucking N. Because why would you Malachi, ha- Malachi, Malachi fucking Black? Doesn't it, the same ring to it. Yeah, it doesn't exactly roll off the doesn't tongue, hit. does it? Yeah, it doesn't. Look, man. Uh, if there's one thing we know about uh, Alistair, Tommy, N. Black, Malachi, Black again, uh, it's that he's creative, okay? Uh, and that he's, like, a little bit darker, okay? And uh, you wouldn't just, like, understand him, okay? Do we, are we still looking to have uh, Red Narita win the Blackcraft title? <laughs> I forgot. The uh, the Malachi Blackcraft title? That's right. <laughs> Against Red Narita. <laughs> I'm re- okay, now I'm into it. I mean, we did talk about it. Matthew Justice was not AEW. He did work a match on Dark, so oh, you know, or once, he did. Once. On that note, no, this is exciting. We got we got to talk about this. This was the biggest moment of the night. Uh, this is really exciting. Starting it off uh, with a feud against Cody, uh, I think, really well done. I think he and Cody are going to have uh, a series of very very good wrestling matches. I think uh, uh, this particular type of wrestling style. A great dance partner for Cody Rhodes, too. We then go to... It takes two to tango, and, you know, you thought you'd never see this, Jeff, but never. Say never. We then go to a uh, a, a pre-taped segment, kind of. I don't know when exactly they taped it. Um, sometime during the show. But basically, Ricky Starks just... Uh, I can actually answer this. This was before the show, because I saw posts about it. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, Ricky Starks cuts a promo... Uh, with with security guards, and uh, Taz is out here a- asking what what is he doing, what, bro? What, what are you trying to you ruin your life, bro? Yeah. So everyone gets mad, and then uh, Brian Cage runs in and he beats up the quote unquote security. There's a whole thing. So uh, a little more hype to uh, get us to uh, Fire Fest. Uh, the one this is where I can nitpick or I can bring up some cons here uh, about live crowds too. AEW can't get out of Florida fast enough. Uh, during this, you could you could hear this during this uh, uh, replay. But did you hear the crowd chanting EC Dub at Taz nonstop? I did. Uh, there was that. Apparently, they were also chanting uh, Big E at Will Hobbs. So very cool there too. Oh, uh, awesome. Uh, uh, yeah, poor form. You guys suck. Uh, Miami crowd, you suck. There we go. And the views and opinions of. Paul Sebastian, you're not necessarily. I will, I will literally fist fight any Floridian. Wow. Is it, is this a Georgia thing? Are, are you I, going, are you no, going native Georgian on me? I'm from Detroit motherfucker. I'll fight pretty much anybody, but like, especially <laughs> if you're Floridian or from long Island and I, and that's known. And I have a lot of friends from long Island. I think they're beautiful, wonderful people, but I would absolutely fight every single one of them. So now that you mentioned that, uh, we were on a quest for uh, Detroit-style pizza this weekend, and uh, we failed. Chicago, I actually know of a couple places. We'll talk about that after the pop. Right. Well, actually, we, we found a place in Palatine because it's closer, closer to Hoffman Estates, but the problem is that they were closed for the 4th of July holiday. 
So I will. Uh, well, that's. I love to talk to you about this. We'll we'll not derail the pod with all that pizza talk, but we'll talk pizza. Okay. Uh, our fourth match of the evening: uh, Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander versus the Blade and Allie the Bunny. And uh, my God, the the coordinated gear with Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander. Now, by coordinated gear, what Jeff means is Stat wore a denim jacket. And, and and aviators, thank you. And sunglasses, and sunglasses. <laughs> no, it, it was very fun. Tag, tag team solidarity. Come on, it was super fun. And uh, yeah, this was a really good look. Uh, right at the top, Jr. says very disparagingly, "We don't do any of that intergender stuff here." Uh, <sighs> so that's cool, 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 Jr. Although he was he was wrong. A lot of that intergender stuff actually did happen during, throughout the course of this match. Oh yes, still it not did. enough. And still like a half measure in my estimation, but I thought it was, uh, and also fitting that it was done by Chris Statlander, Orange Cassidy, The Blade, and Alley, uh, four people who have done a lot of intergender wrestling in the indies. Indeed. Um, we get a uh, spot with uh, Aubrey Edwards uh, confiscating the brass knucks. Uh, I'm sure that won't come into play at all during this match. No. Nope. Anytime. You might have... Well, I mean, didn't you see when they zoomed in on? Did you see those brass knuckles? Did you see the the uh, the engraving when when they zoomed in? No, I didn't. You didn't see that it had, had a Chekhov engraved in it right there. Oh, oh, Chekhov's brass knucks. Yes, of course. Um, I just have one comment to say, which is, um, if we do not at some point get Orange Cassidy versus Toriano, then what do we even have the forbidden door <laughs> open for? Yeah, what's this? Yeah, what is this door here for? The, well, here's the problem with uh, with Yano versus Orange Cassidy. You have to get both of them through the forbidden door, right? And that's the hard part because like Yano just couldn't find it. He tried. He was looking for it. He just he kind of got you know whatever. And Orange Cassidy just he just didn't make it that day. Yeah, so. he was tired. He was Some, sleeping in. Sorry. I mean, someday that that has to headline a a, uh, a show sometime. Just you can uh, put that in the motherfucking Tokyo Dome. Are you kidding me? Oh hell yeah! <laughs> oh, would I love to see uh, Toriano versus Orange Cassidy in the Tokyo Dome? You bet your ass. <laughs> Damn right. Uh fun match. Chris Atlander gets the win after the knuck shot from the blade to Orange Cassidy, but uh, Chris make. Chris made a uh, a blind tag and uh, pinned the money with this. The blind tag was really good. I liked uh, the you know the psychology of this match, if you will. And uh, Stanley, it's very good. It, it, that's allegedly a bad word in AEW psychology. Oh yeah, uh, allegedly. So you're saying that I should never say psychology, Jeff? Oh, well, too bad, Jeff, because in wrestling, you never say never. We then get a uh, segment backstage with uh, Jungle Boy accepting his 50 wins trophy, which is still completely worked, I think. But you know what? It, it's it, whatever's clever. I mean, you know, it, it's something to, it's something for Jungle Boy to hang his hat on after the after not winning the uh, the, the the title at that at that special dynamite. Right. So I, I'm, I'm making my I'm, I'm committing to it here on the podcast during my downtime this weekend while I'm camping or while I'm hanging out. As long as I have internet, I am going to. Double check Jungle Boy's uh, uh, wins in AEW and, and see if this is legit. I'm going to do some research. That's right. Br- br- yeah, br- bring me the Excel spreadsheet on this. I'm go- go- will, Google Docs it, will be. Acceptable. It will have a lot of. If you want me to bring you an Excel sheet, it's going to have a lot of broken bars in it. Uh, it's going to have data in the wrong place. A lot of stuff's going to be entered manually. You're going to like go to try to click on one thing and it'll erase like five columns. Uh, but I'll get it to you. 
Sounds sure just like Microsoft Excel, actually. Yes. And that's why I'm so good at it. Um, I do not know most of the people in this next segment other than uh, Amanda Nunez. I, who is Dan Lambert and why so, do I care? You're now in my – I see – unfortunately, uh, uh, our boy Harry Mack was busy streaming and doing some stuff for the bookie's basement tonight. Um, so I wish we could have got his take on this. Uh, but I am very familiar with, with the players involved, so I can catch you up on this. Dan Lambert is the head coach of American Top Team. They are one of the most successful mixed martial arts gyms on the planet. Uh, obviously, Amanda Nunes there, the greatest female martial artist, possibly the greatest and easily one of the greatest martial artists of all time. And Jorge Masvidal, uh, a guy who is very exciting to watch fight, but is also a big, stupid maggot shut. Uh, which, you know, they are. Like, you know, Nunes is super into Bolsonaro. So, like, whatever. Oh, uh, nice. Okay. Well, oh, great. MMA is, like, the most right-wing shit on earth, man. You're oh, just we, not, yeah, I mean, I we mean, already know. So You're just not going to – that's just the way it's going to be with MMA, right? But, um, yeah, so they were they were front row. Uh, great to see Amanda out there. Give Amanda a title shot. Let her have the AEW championship. Let her just, like, break Britt Baker's arm. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, Dan Lambert was the big surprise here. Uh, he grabs the mic, and he just starts lighting that motherfucker up. This guy's a natural. Yeah, I mean, it was a decent promo, you know, a little. For a guy who has zero experience whatsoever is just like a guy who's like good at talking loud, like grabbed a mic and had very natural charisma. He delivered all of his lines, uh, you know, emphasis on the right stuff and getting stuff home, uh, putting over the things and then turning around and being a heel. Very classic, very old school stuff, which fit in with, uh, uh, you know, what he was saying, the content of his promo about, you know, him appreciating old school wrestling and it not being the same anymore. And then he proceeds to act that same way. I thought it was really effective. Yeah. Great well, stuff. I, Great stuff from a guy who doesn't wrestle. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't and a, it, took a huge bump, which again, very old school wrestling stuff. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a bad promo and I did appreciate that. He took, you know, he took the bumps from Archer. Uh, Lance Archer does. Archer. Yeah. Lance Archer does come up and uh, basically hit him with a blackout. So, Oh yeah. Uh, that was a, that was a fun little diversion. Uh, respect to Dan Lambert. That was great. So uh, this leads into our main event of the evening uh, for the AEW World Tag Team Titles. Uh, Executive Vice Presidents Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, versus Penta El Cerro Miedo E Eddie Kingston in a street fight. And oh, thank God, the Young Bucks shaved. They did. <laughs> they also they cut their hair and their jeans, and I really appreciated that. Uh, they. It, it, I'm trying to find ways to like describe like the Young Bucks aesthetic and like what they are, what they look like week to week, and like what they're going for. And, and the best I got so far is like, you know, when you give like a couple of like five and six year olds like a whole bunch of sugar, and yeah, I, 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 I am aware of this concept. Like, they're like running around on a sugar rush, and they're just being. The and like they know, like they start to see that they're pissing off the adults, and they're getting a huge rise out of it. So they they start being more and more annoying, and I, like I, just doing like and, and like and then it becomes to a point where like these like a child is like doing like every mannerism, every little motion, everything that they do, even the looks they give, and like the way they everything they do is just fucking annoying as hell. That's the energy that these grown men have captured. Are you sure you, you you're not a parent? 
<laughs> no, see, that's the thing is I know about this kind of stuff because like I get to see it and then give the kids back. <laughs> oh wait, you're supposed to keep the kids? No, 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 you're not. You were oh, supposed to oh, give. Them right. Oh shit! No, you let, you're supposed to let like throw them back in the sack before the stork flies off. Oh shit! It's well, like you know how you go to like you you, you tie a, a piece of string to a nickel to like trick the jukebox. <laughs> I don't think that I thought Joe Biden used to used to play free music back in Delaware. Wow. I'll tell you what, man. We tied a piece of twine over to a nickel. We throw it over in the jukebox area and play Mac the Knife. <laughs> uh the match? Pretty fucking good. Uh I was under I thought I thought it was a really smart move to start right away with that big super kick spot on Michael Nakazawa, get the crowd up. Oh yeah. Uh I was under absolutely no illusions about how this match was gonna end. No. But the the way that we got there I thought was a really fun journey and the young bucks like being absolutely despicable and stealing it multiple times was very effective uh because we knew how it was going to end it just being like a quick you know uh bullshit finish wouldn't have been satisfying enough uh, and I think the crowd went home satisfied despite you know not seeing who they wanted to win win right well at the same time I think we all know uh what Really, what it all comes down to, what what, what it's all, what's going to have to happen in order for uh, this reign of terror on the the tag team belts to end? What's that, Jeff? Uh, that will have to be the return of one Ray Phoenix, which, uh, according to something that I was seeing on Twitter right before Dynamite went on the air, uh, that is imminent. That is that sounds good to me. Escalera de la Muerte y dos. Uh, quite possibly. Because I'd be really into that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, what a yeah. great match that was. Holy shit. Uh, remember Ultima Lucha? I do, Jeff. <sighs> I do. Uh, that was a great match. Ooh. That, that was... Uh, anyway, uh, with that, we close out Road Rager edition. Oh, of- also, uh, shout out to Frankie Kazarian's uh, uh, table spot with Brandon Cutler. I thought that was really good. Oh, that uh, was very good. The actually. table like just exploded. Like It, it was did. a really good like, table break. No, it, it did explode. I, it, that, that, yes. No, that, that was good. I just, you know... Yeah, that looked it, really good. We, we, um, we got tax. There was just a lot of good stuff. Yeah, the tax stuff I thought was, was really well done. Um, Penta getting kicked in the face with a garbage can from the apron. Hmm. That yeah. was a standout spot. A lot of really uh, the the Tope Con Hero on the short side, I thought was a, a really good spot. Yeah, I mean there was a lot of good spots. Like when you have like less, like you, when you have to get like more vertical and don't have as much space to like go out when that when you know when that guardrail is like you know shifted in a little bit closer. That's a really high degree of difficulty move, and Penta just makes it look fucking easy. It's amazing. You know the thing is, is that you know when, when, you know before Kazarian, I was just worried because I was like, oh god, are we gonna have you know the dumb baby face? Stick again, like they didn't know that they were gonna be, you know, motherfuckers yeah, no. coming at them. The, uh, the elite hunter works, and I'm excited to see uh, how it pans out. Yeah. So with that, we do end our uh, our first dynamite not in Jacksonville in 15 months. And uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's interesting getting used to this again. I I feel fine about it. I mean, the crowd was, you know. Good for some stuff, bad for some other stuff, but wrestling works better. And I mean, it's the sport was invented or the medium or the art form, whatever you want to call it, 
was invented in order to work a live crowd and has always had its roots as as live uh, uh, entertainment. And to me, it's best enjoyed live. I like television wrestling just fine. I think television wrestling can be great, but you know, there's nothing better than than attending live pro wrestling. It's the best way to experience it. Paul, go ahead and plug yourself. Twitter at cool step uncle, uh, twitch, twitch.tv slash thick flare. This podcast, Twitter, BGTD podcast, follow us there. Um, where, uh, we are the wrestling estate now. That's us. Uh, you can follow no, me. No, don't, don't follow them. They suck. You can follow me at strong soft story without the E in style on Twitter. Um, my personal Twitter at GD Wessel two S is one L. Uh, I'm thinking there's going to be a busting balls this weekend because, uh, you know, a lot, you, a lot going on in the, in, in the footies. Oh boy. Yeah. Fucking England. A lot going on with the footies. <laughs> fucking England. And then, um, Wait, so, uh, I was under the impression that it was coming home, Jeff. Uh, well, yeah, you when, that it may not be coming home. Uh, Forza Italia is all I'm going to say. <laughs> that's, talking. that's my, uh, now talking. Yeah. Forza Italia. Cause yeah. Um, we, we do probably need to do a strong style story soon, but I don't know if I'm going to be up for doing two podcasts this weekend. So I'm just going to, you know, ease into it this weekend. So we'll, we'll, we'll zero podcasts. I will be in lovely Detroit, Michigan amongst great friends, uh, celebrating the pending nuptials of one of my closest buddies. Well, en- enjoy some uh, pizza with sauce on top made in oil um, drip pans. Follow so. my Twitter to see which I'm, I'm probably going to uh, what is, I believe, the best pizza place in Detroit and therefore the best pizza place on earth uh, this weekend. And uh, I'll probably post about that. So if you want to see some really great pizza, pff, I got you. Paul, any last words? Fuck you, wrestling estate. You suck. Eat shit. Losers. We'll see you next week. I fucking own you. Yeah, let's fucking rage!